This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of The Books That Built Us. We've made every mistake in the book, so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right, on today's episode of The Books That Built Us, we're going to be talking about Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. This is one of the first books that we actually read as a company and got us going on this path to learning. So a lot of companies have core values, and ours are appreciation, leadership, excellence, and there's a few more great ones, but one of ours are education. That's really key to what we do here at the Brothers at Just Two Gutters, and we are who we are because of education. So years and years ago, before we ever built anything um, worth talking about, you started on kind of a self-development um, journey where you started to read books, listen to CDs um, that were kind of right in between self-help and business leadership and development. Do you remember reading Raving Fans and what that did for you? Yeah, I remember it, remember it pretty clearly. Raving Fans was one of those pivotal books um, in the beginning that uh, really talks about customer service and creating a great experience for uh, clients and, and just going over and above uh, the call of duty to uh, make that experience memorable to your clients. And um, I remember that being a, a book that was something that I was trying to get everybody to read. And I, I think uh, I think Job I think finally read it. Well... And, yeah, so you were trying to get me to read it, and I think you were trying to get Job and everybody else, and you saw something that the organization needed that we would actually gain from that. So I do remember that, and I think I finally eventually read it and, and really enjoyed it. And what's really cool about um, reading any kind of book is that you, like, in, if that's an eight-hour book, within eight hours you get to digest and learn something that typically took somebody a lifetime to, to figure out. And that was huge for our organization. And before we get into uh, to a little bit deeper into raving fans, why is, it, why is education one of our core values? Well, um, well I was a history teacher, so yeah. I, I did get my education in history. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, uh, I guess teaching is something that was always something that was in me, whether it was in a classroom or in a business. And being that I didn't have a huge uh, amount of knowledge about business, I knew how to work real hard in the beginning, but I didn't have a lot of knowledge in business. And I knew that I needed to develop myself more. So books was something that was cheap and easy to learn about business from I didn't have people around me or we didn't grow up around people that had you know unbelievable businesses and could you know tell us how to run a business so it was pretty easy to just like spend 15 bucks and go read a book about somebody who knew about business so yeah. that was kind of my path of self-development in uh as far as learning all things business you know, yeah. whether it was sales whether it was uh, interviewing hiring all those things, customer service, which is what we're primarily going to be speaking about today with raving fans. Um, yeah, so yep. that was a that was a big deal. Uh, getting other people to start getting on that <laughs> train, <laughs> if you will, of personal development and raising up their level of education. Uh, that was tough. 
That's a huge uh, challenge. Do because, you know, when you're passionate about something and you spew it onto everybody else, it doesn't mean that they're actually ready for it. That's so. true. And the way you did books is the way you do everything. You went head in, and I believe there was a point that you were reading a book a week, and you were just downloading, downloading, downloading. And I've seen statistics, and I've, I've heard all sorts of crazy stuff, but on average, the average CEO of any company reads one book a month. And I've heard things like 90 books a year. So one of the things that uh, people talk about a lot and quote is that leaders are readers, all right? And I like learners are earners. Yes, And uh, true story. What I've noticed after you read books a lot and you start reading them, you start to notice some themes and there's some redundancies. But what I like to think about when it's reading, sometimes we read to learn and other times we read and it confirms. So it's been really cool that some of the books like E-Myth and um, even Raving Fans, the things that we're trying to do in our business or in our lives, sometimes we need that confirmation, that mentor that we don't have, and you read it in a book and you're like, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned how it was really hard to go from downloading this information yourself, you're bettering yourself, you're becoming better as a business owner, but then to get other people to do it, yeah, I think the that key was to, the hardest part. The key to getting other people to do it is uh, in your organization is that when, when we're going through this, you know, when we're going through this learning process, um, people need to start seeing the internal changes that you're you're having these internal changes happening, um, and and it usually takes a little bit more time for you to see the external results of that. Yeah. So I think that that's something that people watch, especially people who are close to you. You know, they, they, they don't, they only see what they can see from, you know, what they know of you. And, you know, it's, it's hard for them to see these changes that you're going through and developmentally if they're that close to you and in your inner circle. But over time, as you continue to prove that you're implementing and doing the things that you say that you're learning and you're actually implementing those things into your business, then they become a believer. And mm -hmm. then, then uh, you do have uh, the chance of them being able, you know what, I see the change that's happening in him and what that's doing for them. Maybe I should uh, pick up a book or maybe I should spend some time uh, doing what he's doing also. That's so I, I think that that's really important is if you want to develop a culture of learning within your, or within your organization, it has to start with you, uh, but then you have to stick to it too and prove that, you know, it's not just, you know, you're reading a bunch of books and saying, oh, this is great. And this is, this is, this is, uh, this is what we're going to do, but you have to manifest the actual ideas into action so that people believe that it's yeah. happening. So we're going to talk about today, and, and, and Job, he's coming on as our guest today. It went from Ken and I kind of reading books and suggesting them back and forth, and then it ended up becoming a requirement in our company. And we're going to talk a little bit today about the book Raving Fans, and Job's going to come on. But I think for anybody hearing this, that reading books became a requirement of our company, that probably blows your mind. So we're going to d dig deep into that today since we have Job here, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so we've got Joe Olang. He's been here for basically as long as I have, about 20 years, uh, with the brothers at Just Do Gutters, and he's got an amazing story, but he has literally worked from being an apprentice 
all the way up to field supervisor, and he is pivotal in helping us grow this business and uh, been absolutely unbelievable. So Joe, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about you before we hop into the books that built us? Hi, my name is Joe. <laughs> Um, my name is Joe, like Ryan said, um, and I've been here close to um, 20 years now. Um, started working in the field as an apprentice, actually came from Africa and started working in the field as an apprentice. Um, never had experience doing gutters, did not know what gutters were, um, but it was a job. You know, I was in a new country and somebody offered me a job and I took it and I figured I'm going to do this for a little bit and then I'm going to move on to something else. And then 20 years later, I'm still waiting to move on to something else. Um, but I was able to work my way um, through the uh, through the ranks from installer, I mean, from apprentice to installer assistant, all the way to the position that I have right now. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much. All right. Pretty much. So it. you've been here since the beginning. Basically, you've seen the the, the story arc, um, not only for yourself but for Ken, for me when we went to basically not knowing what we're doing to then figuring things out. And one of the things that we figured out was that education was gigantically uh, important in our organization. And Ken started reading books and we all remember he became like a book fanatic. Um, and then I read a couple books and I remember specifically um, asking you to read Raving Fans and it was kind of one of those, yeah, yeah, I will, I will, I will. And eventually you did. I fought it for a while. Um, I've never been a reader. Um, I like to watch things, documentaries, anything that I can learn from. So reading was not really my, my thing. But then, um, like you said, you read the book and Ken had read the book and you kept talking about it. And, um, you know, finally I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to read it because um, whatever. I was always big on customer service when I was in the field. I always wanted to provide good customer service and I thought that I was doing okay but then once I read that book um, then it took customer service to a whole nother level I realized that there was this there was so much more that I could do that could totally change that what, what I was doing was similar to what everybody else in the industry was doing so I was more or less like them and mm -hmm. I wanted to figure out a way to separate myself from them to be memorable so that the client remembers um, who I am and what we did. Now, do you remember what stood out? I mean, I still remember. So my brother and I, we shared an office. I, I, we might have even shared the same desk. I don't remember. But I remember clear as day, you walked in holding raving fans and you basically slammed it on the table and you said, nobody is allowed to run a truck until they have read this book. I do, do you remember that? I do remember that. And that's because um, we're in a trade industry. So everybody that we attract are people that have been in the trade industry. And you pick up some habits along the way. Some are good and some not so, not so great. And so, again, I wanted us to be different. I wanted um, our crew leaders to be different, to sound different, to treat the job different and the client different. So once I read that book and just seeing how some of the stories were about going above and beyond, mm -hmm. and it, it wouldn't cost money, it wouldn't cost time, but it would be the little things that you did that the client would remember. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is what we're trying to do. Like, this is what we're, this is what we're talking about. So anybody that wants to run a truck, this is the type of language that they should be speaking. 
Wow. So for any of you who are listening that like you want, you would love for your employees to read books, but you just have no idea how to get them to do it. You feel like you're going to get laughed at. The only reason we were able to become successful at it was because you read it and you were at the time, I mean, you were their peer Yeah. where you read it. And then basically you told them they had to read it. And that was basically enough. Yeah. Right. It wasn't Ken or I that was able to do it, but you doing it changed everything. Yeah, I think that was a game changer. I, I feel like as long as if, if I didn't do it, if you guys just talked about it and tried to push me to do it, if I didn't do it, they were never going to do it. So it was important for them to see somebody who works with them every day because I was in the field uh, during that time, goes out with them every day, works with them every day, does the same thing that they do and embracing this new Thing or this new change, I think I've, I think that it was important for them coming from me to mm-hmm. see that, and I feel like once they saw that, then they finally embrace it. That's awesome. I definitely want to talk a little bit more about that, but let's talk about raving fans. The actual book. Um, I know it's not something that we read all the time anymore, uh, but it's huge. Do you remember? Is there anything that just really stands out from that book at the time? You, you've covered a couple things, but what stands out to you? That was so pivotal then. I think that if you if you read the book, um, there's lots of things that you can you get out of it. Um, but if you are not really looking for them, you would look at it as this corny book, and there's no way that I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. But if you look for those little nuggets that are in there, it changes the way that you think. Um, for me, the biggest thing out of that was um, the plus one. Okay. Um, and plus one is basically, um, you know, anything that you do that's outside the scope of work that you're, that you're doing. It doesn't take too long. It doesn't take time. Um, it could be, um, you know, you're setting up a ladder to, uh, to put up a gutter and you see that one of the light bulb is out and you say, hey, I can replace that for you if you have it. Um, or, you know, you help an older lady take uh, her grocery to uh, to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, you stop what you're doing, you help her to do. It's little things that you do that clients are going to remember. And the reason I say that is because it, when they hire a company, like our company, to do gutters, they expect to get that. That's what they're paying for. So mm-hmm. they expect to get gutters. Um, they expect you to be polite and whatever to a certain extent. When you start doing things outside of what their expectation is, that's when it becomes a game changer. Wow, that's awesome. So I remember that they talked about satisfied clients versus raving fans. Now, how do you get somebody from satisfied to raving, right? That's the big push in the book. And I think the satisfied just um, is more or less what I just touched on. It's, um, they expect that. So they'll be satisfied when they they get what they paid for, what they're expecting. Um, A raving fan is, um, the next level. That's Can you like, describe a raving fan? Do you have any raving fans recently that you're like, they didn't have to do that, but they did? We just had, um, we were doing a big job last week on um, on Friday, um, and one of my lead guy, Coleman, was on the job. Um, expensive job, really nice house. The sales process, just going into this, was, uh, was a long process. Um, mm-hmm. Just a little bit of history, when uh, one of our solutionists showed up, the homeowner, you know, automatically says, hey, you guys are going to be expensive. And there was this whole thing. Um, but a salesperson just did the right thing, gave them the estimate, followed up like they're supposed to. 
Um, and finally, that client went from, you guys are going to be expensive. I'm just doing this for, for show. Just to get to, a second price. Yeah, to finally hiring us. So the guys going to the job, I didn't even prep them for it. You know, I just wanted that this is what we do every time. So it shouldn't be a special client that we should take mm -hmm. extra. But they went out there and they did a really, really good job. And um, the client sent an email to Danny, our solutionist, over the weekend. And it had nothing to do with, um, you know, the gutters look great, the downspout are straight. It was like Coleman was really polite and mm -hmm. very professional. Like he went above and beyond to answer all my questions. Like, I am so happy that I picked you guys. Wow. So it had nothing to do with what she was expecting, which was quality gutter work. It went from that to, okay, you just showed me a different side of your company that I, I did not know was there. Yeah, that's awesome. So the goal is always make such an impression with the client that they're not gonna just be satisfied and go on with their life, that they're gonna literally wanna go and post that review. I know we want to ask people for reviews and that's part of what we do, but how great to do such an amazing job that they immediately go online, that on Facebook they'll post, you know, if you ever need gutters, these guys are the best, and they talk about the entire thing, that they literally have gone from satisfied to raving fan. Yeah. I, I love that and I think that's what we really embraced. Those are the best reviews to get. Yeah. Um, when they can see all the stuff that we work on behind the scene mm -hmm. here and they get to see it out there. And, uh, you know, for me as a manager, you as an owner, not being out there to get that feedback lets us know that what we're doing here, you know, can be seen out there. It's, it's working out there. So there's nothing as good as a raving client because they'll talk about it to anybody that's mm -hmm. willing to listen. The moment that one of their friends or like Ryan was saying, one of their friends or their neighbors mentions gutters, like I got the perfect company for you. That's great. Here's their card, give them a call. So now we took this to the next level. So Ken read books, I read some books, you read raving fans, and then you basically made the statement, nobody can run a truck until they read this. And then they started to read it. So can you tell us a little bit about when the guys started reading the books, did we notice anything different in our company? At first, it was weird for them, I guess, you mm -hmm. know, having to read a book. Most of them thinking, I got done with high school like years ago. Like, <laughs> this is, it's gutters. Let's, come on. Yeah. Let's be serious here. But once they started reading, um, especially that particular book, because yeah. there's a lot of books that came later on, which I'm sure you guys will talk about. But once they read that book, and it was all, not only just reading it, but to see me, the first person that read it, apply it in the field then you know that was that the buy-in mm. and we started seeing changes in the guys how they communicated with clients um you know we started seeing it in the reviews that we're getting mm -hmm. those certain things that we started i mean certain patterns and key words that we started we started hearing you know professional clean polite like all this stuff that we never ever ever talked about but yeah. you could see instantly um the changes in the guys on how they approach the client, um, how they approached um, their job. Yeah. And it was, I, it was amazing to see. So then we turned the corner from suggested reading to this is part of your job. You literally cannot advance from apprentice into installer assistant unless you've read uh, uh, Attitude is Everything and Who Moved My Cheese. Mm -hmm. 
how did that, how did you feel about that making it a requirement? I felt pretty good about it uh, because I knew where we were trying to go as a company. Um, I don't know if the word reinventing contractor service had, like we started talking about it by then, but I feel like we all knew what we were trying to do as a company. We, we knew the type of uh, employees that we wanted uh, based on our character, our integrity. We knew um, um, you know, the type of service that we wanted to provide. Mm -hmm. So knowing, at least the way that I thought about it, the people that we attract being that it's a trade job of people that have been in the trade um, industry. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we were gonna switch their mindset and how they thought and how they approached things was by implementing this. And yeah. I think that we were set on trying to grow them, not just as employees, but as, as people, yeah. you know, as, uh, as men. And I feel like, so in that regard, it was important. And I felt really, really good about it, implementing and making it a requirement. I felt like, by the time that they move from this position to that position, the, the, the amount of knowledge that they would have, just not just installing gutters, but you know, just yeah. in their personal life and professional life was gonna be huge. So you think it's it's equally important, obviously you gotta trade, train people how to like install a gutter. As a importance, do you, you know, where do you think the books and the education and building up that actual person, is that hand in hand? I actually probably rate, um, the books more important than the gutter skills. Really? I really do. Um, wow. Because gutters, uh, people, some people say it's not rocket science. And mm -hmm. it's, it, if you get the right person, it's not that hard to, to train them to do gutters. Um, reading books and changing somebody's mindset is, it takes a lot more time. To me, the books are way more important. I would rather have somebody that showcases those leadership qualities um, you know, and is able to be in a room or be in front of a difficult client and be able to diffuse that type of situation, mm -hmm. be able to manage a group of guys as a team leader. That person is more important to me than the best gutter installer in the wow. history of the world. That's awesome. So we talked about how it was really hard to get it started and then it became a requirement for the guys that were here. Now, when you hire a new person and they're walking into this culture, I know, I know we've actually had people not take a job where you say oh yeah we've got this great program skills ladder we read books and they're like whoa 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 i, I don't want to read a book i you know, i'm not taking this job if i got to read books have you kind of you know when you have a culture like that and now you're bringing people in how have you felt that that works out with new new hires i think it's important how you present it you know, how do you present if, it if you just say hey you're required to read a book <laughs> then it's like yeah you get that kind of objection if you take the time to explain why, um, why it's important for this job that you read a book and you take the time to explain to them what kind of books are in there and why we have them in there. And you're obviously showing them this career path. For me, I found success in, in that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll sit down with a, a new hire and probably before they even hired and just explain to them what we do here as a company and why we do it. And probably talk about some of the results that we've, that we've had. And, if I, pre whenever I've presented it that way, it, it's always been, uh, been embraced. Now, now, do you think it's important that, I, I think like if I had to plan a perfect scenario, once somebody's hired, I would love for them to see somebody else do a book report before they ever had to do one. Mm -hmm. Is that, do you, do you that strive for that? That typically happens in our company. Um, 
they'll get to see a book report before they do one because you want to make them feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, the, you, you don't want to say, just talk about it. And then if they get to see it, it's like, okay, so you guys really, really do this. And it makes them comfortable. And so I just realized we, we forgot a, a, a huge thing here. It's not just that they have to read it. They do a book report. Like yes. We just skimmed over that. <laughs> and I'm sure if you're listening, you're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. A book report. Yes. Tell us about the book report. So it's one thing if I hand somebody a book and say, um, go read it, you could take it home and, you know, browse through it real quick and whatever. And you can tell probably if we start having a conversation, you could probably say one or two things. As, okay, you read the book. Um, we thought that it would be important um, if you had the book and then you came back and you did a book report in front of your peers. And the way that we got over that was by me um, being the manager or the boss in my department, being one of the guys to read a book and do a book presentation in front of the guy. So I'm doing what I'm asking you guys to, um, mm. to do. Um, and I did the first one. So it was very important for me to do the first one. And then once I did that, then the guys would be okay. You know, okay, it's not that bad. But the book reports are really important. It, get, it gives an opportunity for, you know, for just interaction, um, for the guys to ask you a question and you get to talk about it. And at first you see um, when the guys think about the book report, there's objection. Mm -hmm. And then when they actually get uh, to stand in front of people, then you can't get them to sit down. Yeah. You know, it goes for, I remember uh, my brother um, is a franchise owner in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. But the first book report that he did, he had a laptop and he had all, <laughs> I mean, he went all out. Yeah. Um, and he went on for like almost 15 minutes. So once you stand in front of your peers and you get that support by looking at people, then uh, you can't get them to sit down and they get to enjoy it a lot more. That's awesome. And when the book resonates with you, and we've, we've tried to select books that resonate, you can't help. You know, when you read it and you read something, whether you watch a, if you've ever watched a great movie over the weekend and you come in, people are like, how are you weekend? Oh my gosh, I just saw, or I just marathoned this entire show. Once you are excited about something, you can't help but tell others. And I think giving them that opportunity, I mean, we've seen some stinkers. We've seen some terrible book reports, which is okay. Yep. But we've also seen some people like literally get up there like a sermon. Yeah. And like, you know what we got to do? We got to step up our game in the field. And I want these trucks clean. And we're going we're gonna to reinvent contractors. Yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you get somebody that really enjoyed it, um, it you have to embrace it. But if mm. you get somebody that really enjoys it, the guy that you're actually talking about that was, you know, turned it into someone was your brother-in-law. And yeah. then he got the other guys excited. Um, and, yeah, we've had some stinkers because these guys don't want to do that. They, they, they skip college because they don't want to deal with, with, with all that. So you get the first guy, I mean, the first one that might not be that great, but you have to encourage that employee. You have to support them because the next one I guarantee you is going to be yeah. a lot better than, you know. Well, I, I, I got the opportunity to see um, one of the guys do a book report like a week or two ago. And it was funny. Last week. Last week. Yeah. And he said there was a guy that did awesome book reports. And he's like, please don't let me go after him. I want to go first. But this is the second book report I've seen him do. And the first one was like, okay, he read it and he was nervous and everything. The second one... Yeah was like you said, like he, yeah. he wouldn't stop. And, and I didn't want him to stop. It yeah. was actually like, 
It was good. It wasn't rambling. It no. was like, it was personal. I yeah. loved it. That was an awesome book report. Even the way he carried himself, like in front of, like he wasn't shy. Like he moved around and he <laughs> kept on stressing stuff. And when you see somebody doing things like that, like they're making a point that they're really passionate passionate about so that can, was can really, you really tell us what the guys did to him that day so <laughs> that was that was so funny i was dying <laughs> so we i mean we have a really good culture and we enjoy working together we have fun uh the guys in the field they have fun but um i guess the day before uh he's a newer guy so he's been here for uh, maybe two months and the day before the guys told him hey you're doing a book report tomorrow and it's like yeah you know you have to dress really nice. And the guy's like, what do you mean really nice? Like you have to wear like a button up shirt, you have to wear a sweater, you have to have dress pants and dress shoes and all that. And um, so I walk in to work the next day and I see this kid all dressed up and I'm like, are you, are you going somewhere after this? And he's like, no. I'm like, you're going to work, right? He's like, yeah, why are you dressed like this? Like. Chris told me that, I, they all told me that this is a, so it was so funny that they totally convinced him to get totally dressed up, which I thought was just, was just perfect for the day, for the book that he was doing. It just worked out. Yeah. I got a kick out of that. that was I love stuff like that. That was funny. So raving fans, at, at what level in the skills ladder uh, is that book the required reading? It's at the installer assistant level. Okay. Why? Um, because well, what's their role and why? Yeah, because when you when you're coming in as an apprentice, um, who moved my cheese? Attitude is everything. I fe I feel like we're we're still trying to figure you out. You know, we're trying to, still trying to get a feel for you. Um, whether you're going to be here or not, uh, which most of them end up being here. Once you get into a solar assistant position, we're starting to train you and prepare you for being a junior head installer. So we, which is what running your own truck, running your own truck. Yeah. So you're starting to look at things uh, differently and hear things, and you get to talk to a homeowner a little bit. So we felt that um, you know, with attitude is everything. If we can change the way that you think, the way that you approach the job, and whatever. Um, then it would be easier for you to embrace, you know, having a positive attitude towards talking to a client. And um, so I think that's why we... And then who moved my cheese? I know we're not talking about that today, but how does that get you ready for installer assistant? It just gives you... Um, uh, I haven't read that one in a long time, too. Um, it just... I think who moved my cheese? If it's I'm like telling wrong, you, like, the cheese might not be in the same spot. Yeah. Things are changing. Things you got to go changing. and go you move have with to, it. You have to embrace change, uh, growth. Um, yeah, I think that's another one that I probably need to read again. <laughs> it's been so long. Hey, they're all, they're all great. <laughs> so why raving fans at that point? Um, like I said, because we're preparing you for, um, mm -hmm. we're preparing you for, um, running your own truck and, um, and you have to, the thing is you realize with a lot of clients, um, they'll know who's in charge, but they walk around and they try to and try to talk to the other person and see whatever. So you, we got to give good customer service all around. So whether you're installer assistant or a crew leader running your own truck, like we want to prepare you for, um, for the moment that you have to step into your own and do your thing. All right, so raving fans was pivotal in how we were going to structure or even restructure how we delivered our service to our clients in your opinion, what are some of the things that we do that are above and beyond just what another company might do to have a satisfied client? How are we going above and beyond? 
there's a couple of things that we do. Um, I think it all started with, um, we started listening to our clients. Like the best way to, to build your business um, is to listen to your clients and what they want. And we used to show up to jobs and, and, and start setting up ladders and, and taking down old gutters, which is loud. And you have somebody that probably has their three-year-old who's taking a nap. Um, if you set up a ladder, close to the bathroom you might see what you don't want to see i mean there was all so this didn't even knock on the door you mean didn't knock on the door don't know if anybody home just got to work and then when we'd send out the the survey they were, i wish you guys called ahead of time it's like okay i wish you guys knocked it okay so we started listening to what mm. they were what they were saying and i believe that we built a this business off of feedback from clients. Some of the things that we do different is um, when they call, uh, when clients call to get an estimate, there's always somebody that's available to pick up the phone. Um, and then we set up the estimate. Our solutionists are really great, well-trained. Um, they call 15 minutes before they get to the client. So we give them a date. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're on for this coming Thursday. Our solutionists will give you a call 15 minutes before they get there. Um, and they do that, and then when they get there, they go over the scope of work with them um, in details. Um, we write out uh, the, we write out the contract in details. Mm -hmm. They understand what they're getting, and then um, once the job is won and it comes back to the office, we have somebody that gives them a call uh, to set up the installation date, and then we have an email that and a text that goes out the night before that you're on for this day. Um, our installers call 15 minutes before they get to uh, to the job. That's a lot of communication. Yeah. And then when they get there, they knock at the door, they introduce themselves, they go over the scope of work with the client uh, one more time just to make sure that we're all on the same page. I mean, this is all happening before we even install a gutter. Wow. And this is from a job that's $300 to a job that's uh, $10,000. The process is the same. Um, and I feel like nobody's doing that out there if hmm. you listen to feedback that we get they didn't call me um i've been waiting for callback for five days now you know so nobody's doing that out there wow. and when when clients see that again it goes back to what i was saying earlier like what they respond to in the survey is not my gutters are great but they they called me uh before they got here they were here on time uh they were great they went over the scope of work with me like that's the raving fan right there. That's mm. how you create a raving fan. That is awesome. And how much do you think that, um, you, you know, we've got the, the front end, the people that answer the phone. We've got the solutionists, the salespeople that go out there and sell. And then we've got the installers that go out and produce the work. Where do you feel this project or their client's experience could be? Is it at any level it could be broken? Or where do we make it the biggest, you think? Where's the biggest impact for the raving fan for them to turn? Um, I feel like it's 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 the installers. I feel like Why? because when we're from the solutionist to whatever we say um, in the back office, it's almost like a promise. Uh, we're just making promises. We haven't delivered yet. Mm -hmm. So we could make all the promises that we want back here but if our if our installers go out there and they do not deliver that whole experience is it, it's it's done in wow. my, in my opinion yeah so um 
you know, we make the promises they're going to do this and they're going to do this. And this is why getting your, um, your employees to read and be educated comes into play because, um, you know, you can sound smart on this side and if your installers go out there and they just, you know, then it can turn into a disaster. So I feel like that's where it's, it's huge. They're more inclined to remember um, the installers than they probably would uh, the solutionist because if it's a $10,000 job, you're probably there for 10 hours. They get to spend 10 hours with the installers. They'll remember their names. Uh, they'll remember who they were, how they carried themselves and stuff like that. Um, the solutionist is probably out there for an hour or so. So I feel like that's where it, um, that's where it can easily go south. Yeah, no, definitely. So <clears throat> Raving Fans, I think it was a, it's an awesome book. If you haven't read it, read it. If you can read it yourself, let's just say you're a manager, an owner, and you can read that book and then maybe start talking that language. And, and that's another thing. Um, bring that to your team. And if you can get somebody on your team, pick somebody that is a raving fan of you, you know, because if you can ask somebody that thinks and looks up to you to read it, then you can start a culture of reading in your business. Um, but one of the things that we, we haven't talked about that I think is really neat is that when you read a book, it's basically like you've just, um, you have a language now. Mm -hmm. You can say plus one to me. Yeah. Like if I said, hey, I got a plus one on that job. Yeah. We immediately know what that means. But if only us read it and we're talking about that, people will think like, what are they talking yeah. about? You know? Like I could say, I think a plus one is pretty much in every single one of our meetings. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like even for the newer guys, even before they read the book, they know what a plus one is. Um, and the guys embrace it so much that they talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why we do what we do, how we carry ourselves out there, that most people, most, most employees that haven't even read the book know what a plus one or what a raving fan is before mm -hmm. they even read the book. But then it goes back to what you're saying, it becomes the language. Like, no, we want raving fans this week. I only want raving fans this week. And then you start to, well, what is that? Then, it's great. So, yep. So raving fans, uh, highly recommend it. Plus ones, think of them as a five minute favor. Uh, 10 minutes and $10, I think I heard somebody say, shouldn't take more than 10 minutes and shouldn't cost the company more than $10. So sometimes just giving a little bit extra, going the extra mile, something that they're gonna remember long after the job is done. And don't get taken advantage of with plus ones. Easily, for instance and then we'll end it could easily um there's you know once you show a little bit of kindness there's, there's people that like to take advantage of that like they'll so, roll out their pressure washer and yeah. say since you're here so you have to be you have to be mindful again that's why uh it's important to read the book so that you truly understand what a plus one is um and then again educating your your staff and speaking the same language where they know this is a plus one, and no, I need to write a different work order for that. So, great book. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.